Hello, everyone. This is Unlocking Greatness Podcast with Zenja Glass. I'm going to talk about the subject of becoming. Are you aware that there are people that see something in you that you don't even see in yourself? Think about that for a moment. There are people that see something in you that you don't even see in yourself. At times, we can be so busy or so worrisome about why someone just doesn't seem to like us or always have something negative to, 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 to pour into our lives or I don't know, perhaps, I don't know if you've ever achieved a milestone and you've had people around you that sort of kind of celebrating with you, but you can tell that there's a little bit of, um, what is the word my kids like to use? Haterism. I think that's what they call it. A little bit of haterism. Um, you're not, you, you're feeling that they're not quite as happy for you as they're portraying. Um, or, or, or maybe perhaps you just feel like it's a, I don't know, it could be a coworker, it could be a neighbor or what have you, but you just don't understand why the why this person or these people just don't seem to like you or 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 always have something negative to say or maybe it could be a close family member or friend or someone that's just not reciprocating the love that you're pouring into them and what's amazing about all of this and this is what I find that's so intriguing and of course I speak from my own experiences you guys know this they don't even know that sometimes you're barely hanging on yourself you know, there's sometimes you feel like I don't even have anything. How is it that you're feeling some kind of way towards me and I don't even have anything and you've got issues with me or, or, or you don't want to show the love or what have you and I'm, I'm, I'm barely making it myself? There are people that see in you what you don't even see in yourself. I'm going to give an example in the Bible in a minute, a very strong example, in fact. I just wish that we all walked around with our eyes wide open and we truly saw or see who we are in the eyes of God and the destiny that he has in place for us. Now, I really believe in the spiritual that that uh, we are in, in many cases. Um, I hate to use the word giants, but we're bigger than we are in the spiritual. Does that make sense? We, we walk around and we look at things in the physical, you know, we would look at, well, why this person doesn't like me or why this person doing this when really in the spiritual, remember, remember the Bible teaches us that our, our fight is not against flesh and blood, but our fight against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Remember we talked about that passage. I wish that we were able to see when these attacks and things come against us, that we see it in the spiritual that, Oh, they're not hating on or attacking who I am now because I don't even see now, like, what is there? Why, why are you hating on me? Why, why are you treating me this way? In the spiritual, there is something happening that's, that, that's, that's causing some sort of, I don't know, jealousy, envy, uh, um, some envy or whatever it is in this person to not like who I am becoming. And so this person or these people are doing their best to keep me down so that I don't become who I need to become. Now, let me give some examples in case you guys are saying, well, show me that in the Bible. I got some for you. I won't even go back to Joseph. We've talked about Joseph so much. You guys should know his story back and forth. Joseph is in Genesis, what, 37 through maybe 45, chapter 37 through chapter 45. And you guys know, I love the story of Joseph with how he had a dream. God gave him a vision. Remember that? And remember how his brothers got jealous and how his brothers sold him. And remember how the poor man ended up going to jail and Joseph went through uh, some mess. 
He really went through some mess only to then become second in command, you know, one of the richest people at that time in the world and only to turn around and save his family, the very family that that sold him into slavery. So I'm not even I'm not even going to I'm not even going to park on Joseph because we've talked about him a lot. I want to talk about David. Now, I've been studying out David for many, many, many months. Um, my my Bible study group in my church, um, you know, uh, we have this elder in our church who for years and years and years, he just parks on the Old Testament. And I'm in his classes, which is on Sunday mornings for about an hour and a half or so or about an hour. And I just love it. So we've studied David out so much. If you look at my Bible, um, let me just lift it up here. You'll say you got to be kidding with all of the, the, the writing that's on every page. You can barely read the, the text because there's just so many notes. But anyway, let's park on, on David a little bit. This is good. So follow me. Saul was the one that was originally king over Israel. Now, you can go back and study Saul yourself. I think Saul ruled for like 40 years or so. Uh, he was a mighty warrior. Saul did, you know, a lot of good things. But then, you know, he started messing up. And God basically is like, I'm going to prepare somebody else to take your place. That's the shortest summation I'll give you, Saul. I want to bring David into the picture. Now, we all know that uh, Samuel the prophet went to the house of this guy named Jesse to uh, anoint who's going to be the next king. And you can read that on your own, but David basically had a lot of brothers. He wasn't even being considered, you know. The poor thing was out in the fields uh, tending sheep and what have you. And I think he had about seven or so brothers. And each person that came up to San Samuel, you know, um, uh, Jesse was like, is it this son? Is it this son? Is it this son? In each case, you know, Samuel's like, no, this is not the one. He's like, you know, God's going to make it clear and allow the oil to flow uh, 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 when we anoint the right one. So anyway, I'm giving you a short kind of some cliff note versions of that story bottom line is David ended up being the one to be anointed now what's interesting is David was young when this happened and just imagine being told hey you're going to be the king you know of Israel um well was a king of Judah because at one point it was divided Judah and Israel then eventually David ruled over both but you get my point so let's go to um first Samuel chapter 18 let's pick it up there now Saul is still king, so you got to keep this in mind. David is still pretty much, you know, almost like a nobody. And 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 in chapter eighteen, now now David at this point had done a lot of things and 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 had some accomplishment, becoming a warrior. But keep in mind, Saul was king. So let me see where I can pick up here. Um, let me see. We can pick up uh, in verse chapter eighteen, verse five. It says, "Whatever Saul, whatever Saul sent to him to do." David did it so successfully that Saul, hang on, let me hold my Bible up here, that Saul gave him a high rank in the army. Okay, so that's good. This pleased all the people and Saul's officers as well. Okay. When the men returned uh, home after David had killed the Philistine, the women came out from all the towns of Israel to meet King Saul with singing and dancing, with joyful songs, and with tambourines and lutes. As they danced, they sang, now pay attention to these words, Saul has slain his thousands and David his tens of thousands. Did you catch that? Saul was very angry. This refrain galed him. They have credited David with tens of thousands, he thought, but with me only thousands? What more can he get but the kingdom? In from that time on Saul kept a jealous eye on David now it, it really gets 
pretty deep because basically the very next day, um, Saul um, um, hauled a spear um, at David and uh, tried to pin him to the wall. Like Saul basically just tried to kill him the very next day. And uh, it didn't work. Then if you go down in verse 20, Saul tried to trick David into marrying his daughter, Michal, because he figured, hey, um, um, I'm going to have him um, have to take out some of the Philistines in order to have my daughter. And uh, that'll make the Philistines not like him. And that way he'll he'll be killed. And so in verse 20, if you read this, and I'm just trying to paraphrase a little bit so I can make the point. I guess I should read this little part real quickly. Um, now, Saul's daughter, Michal, was in love with David. And when they told Saul about this, he was pleased. I will give her to him, he thought, so that she may be a snare to him. And so that the hand of the Philistines may be against him. So Saul said to David, now you have a second opportunity to become my son-in-law. And basically he gave him some mission. It sounds weird, but he says, I want you to go and get, I don't know, I think it was a hundred or so of the Philistines foreskins. And uh, David went out and did double and came back with 200. So that was his second attempt to do something to David. Then the third attempt is, um, you know, if you look over in verse 10, uh, I'm in chapter 19, verse 10, um, while David was playing the harp, Saul tried to pin him to the wall with his spear. But David eluded him as Saul drove the spear into the wall. That night, David made good on his escape. So that's three times, really? And then you go down again in verse 17. Saul said to Michal, uh, why, did you, why did you deceive me like this um, uh, and send my enemy away so that he escaped? He's calling David his enemy. Michal told him, he said to me, let me get away. Why should I kill you? When David had fled and made his escape. So then it goes on to talk about where David escaped to. Um, and I'm, I'm trying to paraphrase the best I can. Um, but Saul basically sent his army to go and get David so they can kill him. In verse 20, it says, so he sent men to capture him. But when they saw a group of prophets prophesying with Samuel standing there as their leader, the spirit of God came up on Saul's men and they also prophesied. What? So they went to kill David and the spirit of God came up on the very people that went to kill him. Saul was told about this and he sent more men and they prophesied too. So Saul sent some more people said, no, 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 we got to get him. And they end up prophesying as well. Saul then sent men a third time and they also prophesied. My goodness. Uh, and then, you know, finally, you know, Saul just went on and we I, I don't even want to get into the whole story of Saul and, and how he died and how David took over. But I'll just say and you probably already know the ending of the story. David ended up taking over Israel. Saul ended up dying and all of that. Here's the premise of what I want to talk about with this. Let me just slow down a little bit. David had not become king over Israel. David was just some young man out there tending sheep. He happens to know how to play the harp really well and ended up uh, playing the harp for Saul because Saul, you know, had um, some, uh, the Bible says evil spirits over him and he was being tormented. And because David could play the harp so well, excuse me, and it's believed that David used to play the harp to, um, while he was tending the sheep, he ended up being with Saul. So just, just follow me on that. Well, David did a lot of great things along the way and eventually began to just develop this reputation of being a mighty warrior. Now, David really didn't have any titles or anything at that point. You got to keep that in mind. David was still basically a nobody. And in fact, at some point, and I may have missed it. I wanted to read it. There was a point in here. Uh, oh, I hope I can find it. When David was basically like, I don't know why he's, you know, basically don't like me. I don't know why he's coming after me like this, you know. 
Uh, I'm trying to find it really quickly. You guys just bear with me a second. Uh, uh, in chapter 18, I skipped over this part. I'm sorry. But in chapter 18, uh, verse um, 18, uh, but David said to Saul, who am I? And what is my family or my father's clan in Israel that I should become the king's son-in-law? So there are several times, if you read through many of those chapters in the story of when uh, David and, and Saul, David was basically like, who am I? Like, why all of a sudden are you trying? Like, I'm, 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 my family, we're not royalty. Like, who, 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 who am I that you're even doing this? Not knowing that Saul was trying to trick him. So keep that in mind. So you may say, well, Z, where are you getting with this? Well, Saul was afraid of who David was becoming. It's as simple as that. Saul saw in David what David did not see in himself. Let me say that again. Saul saw in David what David did not see in himself. Saul was afraid that David would one day take over the kingdom, which did happen. Does this resonate? Are you, are you guys getting this? So what does that say about us? Now, I'm not a preacher. I'm not a minister. You guys know that. I'm, I'm no one's, you know, prophetess and all of that. I'm not. I'm just a woman that's just so in love with the word of God. I, I, I breathe it like I breathe air and I just love soaking in it. I love being in the studies with the elders and people from my church and just diving deep. We spend literally not exaggerating years just on a couple chapters. I just love it. I absolutely love it. Here's the point I'm getting at. What's so beyond amazing about this is Saul was intimidated by not who David was, but who he was becoming. He was able to see Man, this, this this young man who's already accomplished some great things, who's beginning to be admired by others, he's going to end up taking over my kingdom. So what does that say about us? Now, when I just look at the passages in black and white, and I'm sure there are biblical scholars um, that listen to this podcast, and I kind of know that because um, you all have been so amazing, so amazing. I just love you um, at um, encouraging me on and, and, and saying that you appreciate what, what I'm saying in the podcast. And so far, I haven't said anything off, uh, which is great. But if I do, correct me, because I'm always open to being corrected. Um, but I love looking at things just in black and white. You know, I don't try to dive too deep into something and act as though I'm some biblical scholars. So biblical scholars, you guys can come in and share more insight to help us all. But in my little tiny world of black and white, what I clearly see is, wow, God is showing me and possibly you that it could be possible you're really not doing anything wrong. And and you're so busy, you're so stressed trying to figure out why does this person not like me? Why does my boss keep treating me this way? Why is my spouse behaving this way? Why are my friends acting kind of funny at times? Why is this person bringing negativity in my life? Why even when I'm trying to celebrate something, these little small milestones, excuse me, these little small milestones, why, why am I not quite feeling the love and the reciprocation of excitement? Why are my coworkers like that with me? They're in higher positions than me. Why? I don't see what's so special and unique about me that people are, are behaving this way. 
And I hope right now that there's a little smile starting to come on your face because I hope you're starting to recognize it's not who you are right now. It's not who you are right now. It's who you're becoming. And the Bible even teaches us that even even Satan knows that there's a God. The enemy works really amazing. And I use the word amazing loosely. When the enemy knows that you are a threat or a coming threat, it is his tactic, just as he tempted Jesus in the desert. And if Jesus was tempted and Satan came after him, why would he not do that with us? Why would he not work through other people to try to take us off track? Even the enemy knows what's inside of you and what's becoming. And so he know he can't stop the plan of God, but all he can try to do is try to get you to stop yourself. Let me say that again, because I want that to, to, to penetrate. He knows that he cannot stop the plan of God because no plan of God can be thwarted. So the only thing he can try to do is to get you to stop yourself. And how does he do that? In many cases, working through other people. Look what we just read. Look what we just read. Saul became jealous and envious of David from early on. It says from that day forth, he had jealousy. And David, bless his heart, is just like, who am I? Like, my family is not even all that. Like, what, why are you trying to do this? Why? You know, there's other passages when David's like, why is, why is your father trying to kill me? Like, what have I done? Baby, you didn't do anything. It's just who you're becoming. It's just who you're becoming. And you're going to have to be okay with some people not showing you love. Some people showing that haterism. Some people breeding negativity into your life. Some people trying not to purposely promote you at your company. You don't have to worry about it because they're not going to change your destiny. You may be saying, but Z, I'm doing my best and I'm not doing anything to them. It's not about, it really, to be honest, it's not even about you. It's about the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. I'm just keeping it real. That's really what it's about. So the best thing that you can do is become the best version of yourself. Stand your butt into the word of God. Stand in prayer. And asking God to give you strength even when no one is standing by your side. God knows I've been there and I've felt that at times in my life. Some of the biggest leaps that God has given me in life are the times when I felt the loneliest. When I felt I didn't have anyone really to turn to. When I felt like family, friends, and a number of people had either turned their backs on me or didn't care. Now, whether or not those feelings were true, you know, that's to be debated. But I'm just saying, there were moments when I felt that. The enemy would do whatever he can to try to block you. So don't sit and worry and stress about why is this person trying to do this to me. Look at what happened with David. And what's, what's amazing about it is there's nothing that David could have done to prevent that from happening. You know? So stop trying to think you can change somebody's attitude, change somebody's heart, give more, serve more, do more so they'll like you or they'll treat you better or they'll, you know, give you that promotion or they'll do this or they'll do that. No, 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 no. Sometimes people are just on assignment. I hate to say it like that, but it's true. If you really read these passages, if you read all the first and second Samuel, you'll clearly understand. Sometimes people are just on the assignments that they've been given. Just on assignments. They're doing exactly what they should be doing, to be quite honest. 
I'm going to go deeper into that. And, and I have a book that I, I've been working on. God has been writing it for me. And I definitely spent a nice chapter on that. Sometimes people are just on assignments and they're doing exactly what they need to be doing. You may say, well, Z, that sounds kind of harsh. What do you mean? You know, this person's treated me this way and this is what they need to be doing. Yeah. Yeah. I can tell you some stories in my life. Close family members, friends, I can tell you some things that they did or said or situations with how I was treated that hurt me so bad I could barely breathe. Couldn't even sleep at night. And I thank God that they completed their assignments because I wouldn't be sitting here today talking to you. I wouldn't even care to talk to you. Because I had to go through all of that and back, crawl on my knees before God, feeling that I'm by myself. Lord, only you understand me. Only you get me. Can you help me? They needed to do what they needed to do so that I could become who I needed to become. And I'm still becoming. Just capture that what I just said. They needed to do what they needed to do so that I could become who I needed to become. And I'm still becoming. They're just on assignment. Anyway, I don't have any fancy ending, but I pray that this makes sense and this touches your heart. Stop crying and worrying about why someone's not loving you, why someone is just treating you so badly and what they're doing and how they're not treating you fairly. It's not supposed to be fair. I know that's hard to say, but it's just not. It's not supposed, God never promised, you know, it's not supposed to be fair. It's not supposed to be because the ending is going to be greater than what we're experiencing now. Does that make sense? I love, I think it was the apostle Paul that says um, he considers his present suffering um, to be little in comparison to what he's gaining. I should have had that passage turned over already. I got to find it, but I love that. He just says, man, basically, this is nothing compared to who I'm becoming or, or my end destination. So this topic is called becoming. And I pray that it encourages you. Love you all. This is Z Unlocking Greatness podcast. Again, my text community number is 847-648-9118. Uh, text me at that number so I can be in touch with you and let you know when I'm going live and doing all kinds of things and what have you. But I just want you guys to know I truly pour my heart into this. And I, I have none of this stuff planned. Before I go on camera, I just sit and think about my life and the mess I'm dealing with. And I just ask God, show me what do you want me to talk to your people about? Literally. And I, if you look at this table, there's no notes. There's nothing. I just get on this camera and speak what I'm feeling or what I've been through or what God's delivered me through. So I sincerely pray that this is blessing and touching your life. Stop worrying. Stop trying to make them like you. Stop trying to fit in. Stop even trying to figure out why they're treating you the way they're treating you. Just don't waste your time on that. You stay yourself in the word of God and in prayer. Because when you are becoming, you're going to naturally draw out some of those types of people, some of those souls. You're going to have souls in your life in order to become a David. I'll end on that one. That that was a pretty good comment. You're going to have souls in your life if you're trying to become a David. I love you all. This is Z with Unlocking Greatness. What is the name of my podcast? Unlocking Greatness Podcast with Ginger Glass. Bye-bye.